Hey, everybody. Welcome to United. So glad you could be here tonight um, as we are about to wrap up our series on the fruits of the Spirit. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about gentleness. So I want to read from Galatians chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, open up to Galatians 5. We are reading uh, verses 13 through 26. All right, so verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. So when the Bible talks about the flesh, it is talking about our sinful nature as humans, okay? And the, the flesh is often presented as this power that is in opposition to the Holy Spirit, okay? So do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have, been, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Okay, so this passage is talking about our desires as humans to indulge in acts of the flesh, which it lists in, in verses 19 through 21. Okay, it says we need to stay away from that, and we need to try to display the fruits of the Spirit. But there's one thing we've been saying every week of this series because it is very important, and that is the fruit of the Spirit comes from the Holy Spirit, not you. Okay, it comes from the Holy Spirit, not you. No matter how hard you try, you cannot produce these fruits in your life. Okay? I mean, uh, I know some of you might be thinking, well, can't people who don't follow Jesus uh, love people anyway? Um, And yeah, you're kind of right. The Bible says that uh, even people who don't follow Jesus can love people who love them back because that's easy, okay? But what's not easy is loving someone who you don't get along with, someone who doesn't love, love you, loving your enemy. That is the fruit of the Spirit kind of love, okay? But we're not talking about love tonight, okay? We're talking about gentleness. But what is gentleness? So when I mention the word gentleness, I'm sure something comes to mind for you. Um, I asked one of my friends uh, what he thinks about when he thinks of gentleness. And he said, he said this is kind of weird, but I think of something being really smooth. And that kind of makes sense. I, I see where he's coming from, but that's not the definition of gentleness. Okay, for me, uh, when I think of gentleness, I think of uh, handling a baby, okay? So, like, when a mom or dad gives me their newborn child to hold, I immediately get, like, really scared because I don't want to do anything wrong. Like, they just handed me this very fragile thing that's really important to them, and, like, I don't want to drop it and break it, like Ignacio. Um, And, like, 
so I'm just like, oh my gosh, I gotta be like super careful. I don't wanna hold it wrong to like make it cry and then you know, everybody's gonna be mad at me. Um, or like I think about, um, you could be like this big burly guy who like doesn't show any emotions, right? And then when someone hands you a baby, you immediately turn into like this, this, like, this guy, okay? Oh, he's so cute, look at him. And you start, like, like start playing uh, uh, peekaboo with him. You know, that kind of thing. That, uh, that's kind of weird, but that's what comes to mind for me, okay? But that's not, that's not the definition of gentleness, okay? The definition of gentleness we have here. Gentleness is recognizing that it's not about you, okay? It's recognizing it's not about you. It's not about what you want. It's not about what you feel. It's not about you. So back to uh, the thing with babies, okay? If you ask uh, parents of a newborn how they're doing, they're always almost always going to answer like this. Man, I am so exhausted. Like, I just want to sleep for three days straight. And why? Why do they feel like that? Because they're being woken up pretty much every night to a crying baby. And they have to get up out of bed and go feed it or change its diaper. And that is kind of annoying, okay? Nobody wants to do that. Um, if you didn't know, babies, they poop themselves multiple times a day, okay? And the parents have to clean it up, sometimes in the middle of the night, all right? Uh, imagine you have this friend at school, okay? Your friend is sitting by themselves, and they're just crying. And so you go up to them, and you're like, hey, like, what's wrong? What happens? Like, can I do anything to help you? And they just respond like this. I just, I just poop myself. Like, that's gross, okay? And if they ask you to help them, you might, like, if they're your best friend in the whole world, and you're like, really, really, really kind, like maybe, okay? You might say, oh, maybe they had something weird for lunch. Like, I, I don't know. But after like the second or third time, you're gonna be like, okay, man, you've got, you've got some issues, like both mentally and physically, and I don't think I wanna be friends with you anymore. You would leave because nobody, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to take care of someone who's constantly going number two on themselves. But, but parents, well, parents of newborns do this all the time. They do this daily. Why? Because they recognize it is not about them, okay? It's not about what they want. It's not about what they feel. It's about taking care of this baby's needs, okay? So to get a more kind of rounded out uh, definition of this word, I want to look at the Greek word that is translated into gentleness here in Galatians 5, okay? And that word is prautes, we have it right here, prautes. Everybody say prautes. All right, yeah, you guys are, okay, you're getting it, you're getting it. Okay, so this word is kind of hard to translate because there's no direct translation into English, okay? But it is usually translated as either gentleness or meekness, okay? And so to get a real feel for, for what this word means, we need to look at uh, how the ancient Greeks used this word in context, okay? So... <clears throat> The Greeks uh, would use this word uh, to describe people who have a certain soothing quality, and these people would have a humble and kind demeanor, which calms another person's anger. Okay, so my friend saying something being really smooth, like, kind of makes sense, okay? Th these people have uh, a certain soothing quality, okay? Imagine you have, like, a rash somewhere, like, on your body, like, on your arm or something, okay? The skin is, is dry, it's, um, it's, like, red and itchy and inflamed, and so you go to the store um, and you go to the lotion aisle or wherever you find lotion, I don't know. And uh, you see on the bottle, it says like, oh, soothe the skin or 
makes your skin smooth or something like that. Okay, smooth as a baby. Uh, and so you put it on there and the skin soaks up that soothing quality of the lotion and it becomes soft again and it's not itchy. Okay, so that's one way that this word is used. Another word, this, or another way this word is used, uh, it's used to describe someone with gentleness of conduct, especially when that person has the power to act otherwise. Okay, so there's an example of this in the Bible. Uh, I think it's in Matthew 8. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Uh, he's telling a story about this king who has lent money to a lot of people. And so he brings in this one guy who owes him millions of dollars. Okay, lots of money. And the king says, where's my money? Do you have my money? And he says, no, I don't have it yet. Um, I just need a little bit more time. And the king goes, okay, well, uh, I guess I'm going to sell you and your wife into slavery uh, so I can get the money back. Um, just kind of harsh. But the guy, the guy, obviously, is like really scared now. And so he gets on his knees and he's like, please, please, I just need a little bit more time and I'll get you everything that I owe you. And this king, this king is in a position of power and authority. And this guy owes him money and he can't pay him back. So he has every right to punish him. He could throw him in jail. He could sell him into slavery like he wanted. He could do anything. But instead, he chooses to be kind and forgiving. And he says, okay, you know what? I'm just going to forgive your debt. Like, you don't owe me anything else. And that, that king is considered gentle. Okay. Now, another way this word is used, uh, it's used to describe the ability to take unkind comments with a good nature. Okay. So this is like when you're having a discussion with someone and, um, you know, maybe you guys disagree on something and the other person starts getting angry, raising their voice. Maybe they start insulting you, calling you names. Um, so this, for me, um, is it's really hard for me to keep my temper, not to lose my temper uh, in this situation. But someone who is gentle would be able to, even though they're angry on the inside, suppress that and keep the conversation going and not, not start insulting them back, you know? So that's another way this word is used. Now, <clears throat> most often, most often, this word, prautes, is used to describe someone who has both power and gentleness perfectly combined. Okay, so one example would be the king that we just talked about. Or another example would be a horse. Uh, if you don't know anything about horses, uh, horses are very powerful. Um, like horses are the unit of measurement used uh, to like measure how powerful a car's engine is. Okay, that's that's how powerful it is. Uh, I grew up in Tennessee, and uh, this is something I heard going growing up uh, that you should never sneak up behind a horse and touch it, like touch its back. Okay, because that thing is gonna just like kick its leg out, and if it hits you, you could die. Okay, and if you don't die, you're gonna be like seriously injured. All right, so horses, horses have a lot of power, okay? But when a horse has its reins on and it is obedient to whoever is leading it, it is tempered by a gentle spirit, okay? So it has a lot of power, but it submits to whoever is leading it. So that is kind of how this word is used most of the time in the Bible. Now, uh, we have a lot of, or a few different definitions um, and I put together this statement that I think kind of uh, wraps this all up neatly, okay? So rather than asserting superiority, someone who is gentle wants to help and be kind to others 
even when they have been done wrong. Okay, someone who is gentle wants to help and be kind to others, even when they have been done wrong. So when someone does something wrong to us, our initial reaction is usually uh, that you want to get revenge on them. You want to get even, you want to make them feel the way that they have made you feel, okay? But remember, gentleness is recognizing that it's not about you, okay? It's not about how you feel, it's not about what you want. And if it's not about what you want, if it's not about you, then who or what is it about? And I want to answer that with this. When I think of gentleness, there's another word that I think of, and that's humility. If you don't know what humility is, humility is thinking less of yourself and more of others. Okay? And that's, that doesn't mean you're like putting yourself down and saying, oh, man, I'm such a bad person, and this guy over here is so much better than I am. No, that's, that's not what it is. It's just spending less time thinking about yourself, spending more time thinking about others and how you can help them. Okay, and I think, I think Jesus was a really good example of this. Um, Jesus was a great example for a lot of things because, you know, he's God and he's perfect. Um, but when I think Jesus showing humility, this is what I think of. Jesus, when he starts his ministry, he goes out and he finds 12 guys. Okay, he goes out and finds 12 guys and he says, hey, follow me and we are going to change the world. Okay, now that, that's a big mission, okay? But what Jesus didn't do he didn't sit there and think to himself, okay, how do I get people to follow me? How do I get people to like me? How do I grow my brand? Okay, that's, that's not what he did. He didn't spend all his time thinking about himself. He took his disciples uh, out around Jerusalem and Israel, and he healed the sick, he helped the poor, and he taught people how God wants them to live. Okay, he spent all his time thinking about others and how he can help them. And he went from having 12 followers there in the beginning to today about two and a half billion followers around the world. Okay, and he didn't do that just thinking of himself all the time. Okay, now I want to look at uh, some, some examples of how Jesus has shown gentleness in his life. So we're going to be reading from John chapter 8, if you want to turn there, if you have your Bibles. John chapter 8, we're starting in verse 1. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin. Okay, so imagine this woman's, this woman's situation, okay? She is in the act of uh, committing adultery, which is just sleeping with someone who you are not married to, okay? And then these religious guys bust in, and they're like, ha, we got you, which is super embarrassing. Uh, and then they, like, drag her out into the street, okay? Probably didn't even give her enough time to get dressed, 
So she's being dragged through the street, probably trying to cover herself. Okay, so she's scared and embarrassed. And then they drag her over to Jesus. And they're like, hey, she broke this law. And in the law, it says that we should kill such women, okay, by picking up rocks and throwing them at her until she dies. So they're talking about killing her right in front of her. So now she's scared for her life. And then they ask Jesus, what do you say we should do? What do you think? Now Jesus has all authority in heaven, on heaven and earth. And he could have said, yeah, she broke the law. Like, those are the rules, so go ahead and throw rocks at her. But instead, instead, he decides to have mercy on her. He is kind and forgiving. And he says, okay, whoever of you hasn't sinned yet, go ahead and throw the first rock. And so all the guys leave because they realize, well, I'm not perfect. I've, I've sinned a lot before. I'm not, I'm not perfect. And Jesus is left alone after that. And Jesus was perfect. He had all the right in the world to pick up stones and start throwing them. But instead, he says, I don't condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. Okay. He was gentle with her. Now, he didn't say, notice he didn't say, oh, it's okay. Keep, like, go, keep doing what you were doing. No. He lets her know that what she's doing is wrong. But he forgives her because he sees that her sin isn't what defines her. What defines her is that she is a child of God. And so he forgives her. Now, that is a great example of gentleness. Now, there's another one that I think is even better. Okay, and that is at the end of Jesus' life. Jesus was arrested wrongly. And then he was put through this trial, which was unfair, okay? And then after they said he was guilty, they, they have these Roman guards start beating him, torturing him. They're like whipping him, spitting on him, calling him names. And then after that, they took him up on a mountain and crucified him. They killed him, okay? Now, that obviously very awful thing to go through but when he was arrested he didn't argue he didn't say why are you arresting me he just went with them and then during the trial he wasn't talking about how unfair it was and how he shouldn't be there no he stayed silent for the most part until they asked him are you the son of God and he said yes and then when they were torturing him he could have tried to fight back. He could have tried to set himself free, but he didn't. He just, he just took it. And then, when they put him up on the cross, he's hanging there, and instead of yelling at them, telling them what they're doing is wrong, that he's the Son of God, and that they're all going to go to hell because they're killing the Son of God, instead of doing that, He just looks up to heaven and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He asks God to forgive the people that are killing him. He says they don't know what they're doing. Why? Why would any sane person do that? 
Like if, if that happened to any of us, we would have so much anger and bitterness in our hearts. So how and why did he do what he did? Because he wasn't thinking about himself. He wasn't thinking about what he wanted or how he felt or how he wanted it to end. No, he was thinking about you. He was thinking about all of us. He was doing that for us because, well, we sin and the wages of sin is death. So he went through that so that we wouldn't have to. And I think that is the most beautiful example of gentleness that we can see in the Bible or anywhere else. Now, now that we've seen that, what does gentleness look like in our lives? It's gonna, well, I mean, it's going to look a little bit different, I hope. I hope we never have to go through anything as horrible as that. No, gentleness, gentleness in our lives is going to look more like uh, interactions with our parents, our teachers, our siblings, friends, classmates, things like that. And I want to look at I want to look at Proverbs 15, verse 1, which says, "A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath. A gentle answer has the power to turn situations around." So let's say you're having you're having a conversation with uh, one of your teachers or your parents. You've done something wrong. Okay, and you are now being punished. Let's say your mom decides to take away your phone for a week. And what you want to do is tell her how unfair that is and how she's ruining your life. But the gentle thing to do would be to just take your punishment. Don't argue. Respect your mom or your dad or whoever it is and take your punishment. Now, when, when interacting with siblings or friends or coworkers, whoever. Maybe we're having uh, a discussion and, uh, and things start getting heated. Uh, the, the other person may uh, insult you and you might want to just blow your top, lose your temper and just start roasting them. But remember, it's not about you. It's not about you. <clears throat> and remember, I want you to remember that a gentle answer turns away wrath. If you are in this situation, probably when you are in this situation, I want you to remember that a gentle answer has the power to turn this situation around. Okay, it looks like being gentle in our lives looks like being careful of how our actions and words can affect the people around us. Okay, be, be self-aware. Have some awareness of what you do and say can affect other people. Okay, be gentle with your words so you don't hurt anybody's feelings, so you don't offend anyone or start any arguments. Imagine if we could all do that every day in our lives. Okay, what would, what would our communities look like, our schools, our workplaces, our home life? It would be so much better. There would be way less conflict, arguments, fighting. There would be way more peace and understanding, forgiveness. Everything would be great. If you can practice gentleness, your life and the lives of the people around you will be so much better. And if we can practice gentleness in our lives, we will be able to lead more people to know Jesus. And that is the main goal of our lives as Christians, is to lead people to know Jesus. 
so that because we have this hope as Christians that after this life is over, we are going to be able to worship him forever and ever. And we want other people to know this hope as well. But remember that you can't do that on your own, okay? The fruits of the Spirit come from the Holy Spirit, not you. You cannot do this on your own. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, to work in you and to work through you, okay? And if you do that, then the fruits of the Spirit, gentleness along with all the other ones will be so much more evident in your life. So I hope that some of what I have said has helped you understand what gentleness is and what it looks like in our lives. So before uh, we go back into worship, I'm going to pray for us that we will allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and to work through us. Okay, let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for the time that you have given us to learn a little bit more about gentleness. Spirit, I pray that you will work in all of our lives. I pray that you will work in us and that you will work through us so that we can bring more people to know you. Thank you for loving us, even though we don't deserve it. We love you too. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.